Theology Thursday Live. Um, today, talking about the nativity. Nativity, I looked it up, Latin, nativus, I think, but it means born. So we're talking about the nativity, we're talking about someone being born. And the nativity we're talking about this time of the year is Jesus Christ being born. So we're going to talk about Christmas for today's Theology Thursday, keeping it to 12 minutes. And as I was looking at it, it one thing is, I think during this time of the year, a lot of people um, don't look forward to this time of year. A lot of pastors say, you know, they hate Christmas, bah humbug, because, you know, a lot of people are sad. A lot of people are you know, depressed during this time. Um, and there's a lot of busyness that takes place. So we can all get caught up in the busyness and we can all get caught up in the loneliness and all these things. And as Charles Dickens writes in The Christmas Carol, it is during Christmas time that want is felt more um, intently. So I think what we need to do is, one, understand um, Jesus did not institute the celebration of Christmas. Um, that we could get into the history of how Christmas came about and all this kind of stuff. But I think the thing that we need to be aware of is we are in a cultural moment. We are in a cultural moment in which the world still for a time, at least our world and many parts of the world, are um, focused on Christmas. And C.S. Lewis has a little story he tells where he saw a bus go by and it had like a manger scene or something on it at Christmas. And he says he heard some woman say, you know, they drag religion into everything and now they're even dragging it into Christmas. So I'm sure years from now, it'll probably be people complaining about people trying to drag religion into Christmas. But for now, um, it's, this is a, a cultural moment where what we're focused on is a part of the gospel that's very important. And a part of the gospel that's important is Jesus Christ actually was born of a virgin and became man. That God, and this is important, it's who, who became man? Second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became man, born of a virgin. And then the whole the story, and we have the nativity scenes and all these things that we see. So I know that there are times when Christmas can seem very sad. And, uh, but all of life can be sad sometimes, but it's being able to focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. When the angels appeared, they say, joy to the world, you know, the Lord has come. And the angels say, I bring you good news for unto you this day in the city of David is born to you a savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, if you're not a believer and that's like, oh, it's kind of cool, maybe, or you hate it. But if you're a believer and here's a good test for whether or not you're a believer is, um, does that make a tremendous difference in your life? Does knowing that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners, that he lived a perfect life and died on the cross, not because he deserved to, because he didn't, but we deserve the wrath and curse of God, but Jesus becomes a curse on the cross for us, and we who are covered in him, have faith in him, we died on the cross with him, and we're buried with him. And on the third day, guess what? We're raised with him again, and we celebrate that at Easter. Another one that the church didn't, didn't say, hey, celebrate Easter. Every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. That's what we celebrate, the resurrection of Christ. But we also celebrate as a part of the work of Jesus Christ was his birth. 
becoming man, God with us, Emmanuel. That's what the word Emmanuel means, God with us. So that's what we celebrate. So I thought what I'd look at, because you have to focus on the gospel. You have to have eternal perspectives because this world will drag you down. That's what the sermon we talked about this past Sunday. But if you're not tied to the world, um, then it can't drag you down. We're in the world, but not of the world. God sent his son into the world, and that's how he loved it. He loved, and John uses the word world, cosmos, as like a a moral system that's really messed up. And God sends his son into this worldly system to save some. Okay, and so Isaac Watts writes this hymn in, what, 1719, okay? 301 years ago. It's called Joy to the World. So listen to the words to it real quick here. So Joy to the World. The Lord is come. Now, that's a weird way to say it. Why doesn't he say has come? Because back in 1719, and really you see it until the 1900s, according to my sources, um, that you see that it just means he has come. But it's the way they would talk back in 1719. Um, They actually knew English back then. So then um, he says, let earth receive her king. Now, what you're going to see in joy to the world. Sorry, my glasses. All my glasses have one arm. Um, (laughs) <laughs> what you can see in joy to the world is the kingship of Christ, the rule of Christ over all creation. And one day, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what we hold hope for. That's what we're looking toward. That's why we're able to get through this present darkness, among whom we're supposed to shine as lights in the world. So when you're going through this present darkness and you shine as a light, the only way you do that is reflecting the light of Christ, being Christ-like, sounding Christ-like, loving people in a Christ-like way, speaking the truth in a Christ-like way, um, praying with and for people, being the type of person that um, you know is able to help others get through things. You want to be that person that's grounded in the rock of Jesus Christ is what you want to be grounded on. So he is king, he is Lord, he is in charge of all things. And one day everything will be physically, visibly um, aware of being under his reign. Um, let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Okay, so heaven and nature. Because the Bible talks about um, the earth also uh, awaiting the redemption of the sons of glory. I think it says the sons of God. So that we will be redeemed and the earth is cursed. We recently had a dog that died that we've had for years. And it's sad. It's like, oh my goodness. I'm hoping, you know, that the, um, the fact that we named him from one thing, you know, in the naming of animals. And so we'll see the redemption of of the world so even the death of animals and things like that are all a result of the sin of man uh and the curse but this is a reversal of the curse the kingship of christ coming as we prepare our hearts for him and we're singing joy to him he says joy to the world the lord the savior reigns so he's a savior he's lord and he's savior let men their songs employ so put your songs to work while the fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains repeat that sounding joy okay they're they're singing with us the whole creation then he says no more let sin and sorrow grow no more let sin and sorrow grow okay this is the curse nor thorns infest the ground. So that's part of the curse is that um, you'll try to work the ground, but it'll just produce thorns for you. And then what does Jesus have as a crown mockingly placed on his head? A thorn, a crown of thorns, Um, another symbol of the curse. But he's the king, and it turns into a crown of glory, which we'll all receive um, if you're found in him, if you put your faith and trust in Christ. So the fields, they repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. 
So, but don't let sorrow grow. So it's a reversal of this curse. And so it ends with this. He rules the world with truth and grace. Truth and grace are found in Jesus Christ. Truth and grace. Forgiveness um, where there ought be none. Okay? Mercy is I back off. Grace is where I lavish, I give you stuff that you don't deserve. That's what grace is. And we're supposed to treat people like that. And he makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. So just to think, you know, he's righteous and he's loving. And so we need to dwell on the wonders of his love, the wonders of God's love. That's what we think about, that he would send his son to die for people like us. And so that's the message, the good news that we had to share with people. When you live in it, you believe it, you need to make sure it's something that you value more highly than anything else, where if anybody came to you and said, deny Christ or die, you'd be willing to say, you know, I have to, I have to take that one. <laughs> I got to die on that that's, a, that's where I will die on that mound. Does he mean that much to you? Because the church meant that much to him that God sent his only son into the world. Not to condemn the world, because the world's condemned already. Those who don't believe in Christ were already condemned, but so that the world might be saved through him. That's the good news. That's what gets us through dark times. That's what gets us through difficulties. That's what enables us to know there's more and better ahead. But you also need to let people now know because a lot of people won't share in that. A lot of people will, will die in their sin and they'll be done forever apart from Christ in hell. And that uh, should cause us to weep great tears of sadness as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because the message is that this joy has come into the world. That the birth of Christ, that Christmas, take this cultural moment. One, let it encourage you. to. Everywhere you go, you see lights. It reminds you of the light of Christ and that we're supposed to be the light of Christ. You hear Christmas songs, carols. We hear, you know, the gospel being proclaimed in different ways. Not the silly ones and stuff. They're just like whatever songs. But ones that proclaim Christ and the gospel. And they're playing all over the place. So... You know, be encouraged, uh, be of good hope, be of good cheer. Um, we do not mourn as those who have no hope, but let us have joy like those who do have hope, a joy that surpasses all understanding, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel lonely. We mourn with those who mourn. We weep with those who weep, and we rejoice with those who rejoice. But underneath it all, we are not ultimately discouraged we are encouraged because there is a God he has placed his love on us and he is with us he is our Emmanuel even to the end of the age so if you hear Merry Christmas Mary is a strange word it means it's like Robin Hood is merry men uh, what's the other song Mary God rest ye merry it's not God rest ye merry gentlemen it's God rest ye merry gentlemen gentlemen rest merry that's what it's saying and what that means is it's another one of those old words we don't use much look it up and, and um, duck, duck go it or look it up and see the history of the word merry it's really kind of tricky to find but it kind of like his robin hood's merry man weren't merry because you know friar tuck had him drinking beer all the time or they were just happy because they've been stealing other people's money but they were strong and they were they were of good cheer too but they they had a they had a resonance about them. They had a gravitas. They had power. They had purpose. So God rest merry, gentlemen, this and, and ladies, um, because Christ is come. He is our king, and he died, and he came back to life. And when he came to be born in Bethlehem in the stable, he came for the purpose of going to the cross. He knew what he was doing, why he was doing it, and it was to save sinners. So rejoice. Amen. Merry Christmas.